We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Hello, everybody. Well, there's a lot of buzz in the room right now. Um, there's something so good, isn't there, about all lifting our eyes up to Jesus at the start of a new year. I love the, the, um, the rewritten words to Old Lang Syne. That is probably one of my very favourite moments at the start of each year that we do. So I have the privilege of um, starting this vision talk, and I'm going to hand over a little bit uh, to Rich, and then Luke's going to jump up at one point, so there's a bit of a, a, a team effort. So, our vision, our next set of goals for the coming few years can be summed up in these three words, going deeper, going wider, and going further. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Now, some of you um, will be aware that during the COVID years, we didn't have a set of goals or kind of overarching strategic priorities in the way that we have done in previous eras of open heaven. Some of you might remember the last set of goals that we had a number of years ago, which we launched soon after we moved into this place. And they were, number one, was to be an apostolic resource community. And that resulted in us sending two bilingual church plants to France and to Anglesey in North Wales that are still both going from strength to strength. So we will give you some updates uh, on those uh, uh, soon. And then we also have become a resource church for about 10 churches in Pioneer Midlands. So they're churches that lean into us for strength, for leadership training, uh, for resources, for all those things. So that was our, our number one goal. Number two was to be a city of refuge. Now that resulted in us setting up Safe Haven Cafe, particularly for parents uh, with preschoolers who were, the parents were struggling um, with their mental health. We've run CAP courses, Kintsugi wellbeing courses. And then the third goal to be an open heaven, resulting in Jacob's Ladder evenings, um, developing our worship prophetic culture, and back then turning the boiler room into a 24-7 prayer room. And you know, when we got to Vision Sunday, September 2019, those of you that might be able to cast your mind back to that date, we were really honest with you that we felt those three goals had been significantly outworked. They had been running for about five years. And for some reason, we felt God hadn't given us a clear set of new goals for the next era, the next three to five years, which was quite hard for us, to be honest with you, standing up and saying, we don't actually know what it is that God is asking of us. So that was September 2019. And then, of course... March 20, COVID hit, and every organization's goals and strategy documents got rewritten to one goal, which was navigate a global pandemic. 
you know, like, oh my goodness, every, every playbook got ripped up and it was like quickly pivot and learn new things that, uh, for me personally, I never wanted to particularly learn about, but I learn about speaking to a camera and digital church and all that kind of thing. So, um, you know, we were all about then, like every church, helping everyone stay connected and also making the most of reaching people online. Suddenly, it's like the doors of the church were open wide all day, every day. And of course, any goals that we might have set at the end of 2019 would have been completely superseded by the challenges of COVID and multiple lockdowns. Now that some sense of stability and momentum are back, we do feel we've got these fresh goals to share with you, fresh vision. And they've come about through a period of discernment. You might remember back in September, we kind of got everyone to write down their visions, their dreams. We've been observing what's going on, obviously in culture, the particular moment that we find ourselves in. What the key prophetic words over us are, as Richard said, there's been, um, it's almost like a tap has been turned on. There's been more prophetic words being given over open heaven in the last six months than, um, than I can remember. And what we feel the Holy Spirit is leading us into. So we've got these three words, deeper, wider, further. And of course, it's really important that we are... Churches that are very tuned in to the cultural moment that we find ourselves in. You know, God is not surprised by all that is going on um, around us. But we do need to be really thought through and relevant and timely and aware as to what's happening right now. So some of you might have heard of this uh, word that's going to come up on the next slide, permacrisis. Who's, who's heard of that? It's a new word that's been adopted into the dictionary. It means an extended period of instability and insecurity. And it's true, isn't it? We are in permacrisis. The last five years in our nation, we have lurched from crisis to crisis. From the Brexit, referendum division, global pandemic, George Floyd and the racial trauma of that, War in Europe, mental health crisis with young people, death of the Queen, political chaos, the NHS is struggling, and the cost of living crisis isn't going away. We are in a time of permacrisis. Now, that's not to scare us or to worry us because God is in control. He's on the throne, and we are deeply rooted into the only sure anchor of life, which is Jesus Christ who, as Rich has already said, is coming back. And that's a real sure hope that we have to live on. But this is real. This is our reality. And so we, you know, facts are our friends. And uh, as Christians, we mustn't bury our heads in the sand. We need to look squarely at the challenges that are ahead of us. We know that right now, in our local community, some people are needing to choose between heating or eating. That's not right. That's really serious, and that's going on in our community. We know the systems we've relied upon, whether it be healthcare, education, financial, transport, are shaking. And we probably need to get used to not relying on some things in the same ways. And perhaps God is calling us as church to step up 
and take some more responsibility. And this shaking is not going away. All of the prophetic voices that I've been hearing is basically saying the shaking is going to continue, but in the shaking will come an awakening. And that's what we're praying for. Life is not going to be easy, but God is with us. And it will be okay because we're holding on to him. The Mandarin character for crisis, we've got a slide for that, is made up of, uh, of kind of two words, meaning, danger, and a turning point. God knows what's going on, and he knows that there is a turning point or an opportunity in the midst of the uncertainty and the midst of the chaos. And perhaps living comfortable lives isn't top of God's agenda for us. Maybe, maybe there's something about kingdom over comfort. And it's true that the parts of the world where the church is growing the most are the parts of the world that are in the most turmoil. And there's two fundamental questions going on in our society right now. Number one, will everything, will I be okay? And where can I get help? And so how do we respond to these things? We respond by going deeper. We respond by going wider. And we respond by going further. We have to go deeper in our own personal devotion and rootedness to Christ. Because as systems shake... And perhaps even some collapse. We need to be those followers of Jesus who are a non-anxious presence in a time of uncertainty. So we can be the pillars that other people can lean on. Those who are steady in a time of turbulence. Those who can exercise deep trust in Jesus as we have learned how to lock eyes on Jesus into his eyes as we go through the storms. And that is possible. That is a promise. Jesus doesn't taunt us about that. You know, the most frequent command in scripture is do not be afraid. That's because it is possible to lock eyes onto the captain Jesus, stay steady in his gaze and go through the storms. And that's what we need to be learning as the people of God, to go deeper so we can be steady and sure. And as an awakening comes, that people know where to turn to. So Richard is going to talk for a few minutes on what it means to go deeper, and then we're going to go to wider and further. He will be revealed. The world isn't going to end through climate change. It isn't going to end through a nuclear war. It isn't going to end through the battle of Armageddon. It's going to end when Jesus is revealed. Or it's going to start. So we're going to look at that. There's going to be some fun stuff to look at there. Jesus on the throne. And this is why it's so important about going deeper. And Revelation, what Revelation gives us, it gives us a glimpse of who Jesus is now. And the reason why the whole of the cosmos revolves around him and why he holds all things together, why that demands our devotion. When we see him, when we glimpse him, it changes 
everything. It lights a fire in us that won't go away, won't die down. And that's our prayer, really, that as our devotion to Jesus deepens, something will get lit or ignited to a greater level in us because we've seen something. We've seen something of what the Apostle John saw. And it changes us. So we're looking at Revelation. That's why the, the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. There was devotion in their lives because of Christ. So what does that devotion look like? It looks like going deeper in prayer and in worship. We've mentioned a bit about the prayer room. It's had a little accident. It's had a leak. Uh, so it's not in, in operation, but we're fixing it. Uh, so in about three months' time, it will be operational. But we don't need that prayer room to be operational in order to pray. So we're going to create another prayer room upstairs. In the meantime, it's going to get kitted out so that we can pray into all the things that God would have us pray for. And there's lots to pray for. There's lots to pray for in our own lives, in the community of Loughborough, in the businesses, in the schools and the universities, our neighbours, our work colleagues. And I see us as a church um, learning how to get some of those prayer requests in. So this isn't just some introverted, inward-looking prayer space, but we're addressing the needs of our community through prayer. And we're addressing these because we know what the needs are. We're beginning to ask more questions about what is it that you need and how can we pray. This is who we are. This is why we are here in Loughborough. And we believe in prayer. And so I can see us um, working with the businesses and the local charities and different people and, and, and getting a bit bolder about asking them, for, for, for prayer requests, how can we pray for you? How can we stand with you? We believe God answers prayer and he changes things. So praying for open doors and open doors for prayer. We'll continue with our worship nights and our prayer nights and prayer rhythms. Uh, we can see those happening more. Um, alongside that, how do we go deeper? How does our devotion to Christ go deeper? Well, we go deeper into God's words. Daily habits for centering ourselves on God and listening to his voice. I don't know about you, but my day goes better when I've spent some time with Jesus in the morning. That's just where I'm at. My life's a bit of a screw-up, actually, if I don't have that space. It doesn't feel quite right. It feels a little bit out of order, out of sync. That's where I've got to. I've got to this dependency on God. I need, I need something from God at the start of the day, even if it's just me going, here I am. Here I am. Whatever, whatever bread you have for me today, I need it. I can't do it on yesterday's bread. It runs out. I find it runs out while I sleep. I need something fresh. Uh, and actually, we all do. And when we get into that rhythm, we, we realize what a difference it makes. And I want us to, us to encourage one another in how we do that. Not as a duty, but out of our devotion, because we've glimpsed something. We've looked at those fiery eyes, and we've realized he's calling us to deeper devotion. So there's all kinds of things that we can do to do that. It does depend on journeying with one another, but there's a Bible in a year, there's Lectio, there's Glorify. There's Right Now Media, which is a bunch of resources. We're just going to profile here. Uh, we've got accounts for anyone in the church who wants them. Uh, we've paid a very, very small amount of money to get an awful lot of accounts. So if you're looking for resources, this is a great place to start. But also just be asking your friends, 
what, what are they reading? What are they looking at? What's helping them at this time in their devotion? There'll be more information on this on an email where you can sign up and find out more. How else do we deepen our devotion to Jesus? Well, we go deeper in our discipleship. That's always been right at the heart of open heaven. Sharing life is how Jesus did it. It's not just an individualistic pursuit. It's a shared journey. Who are we journeying with? Who do we need to be there for that we can encourage others on their discipleship journey? Where do we need to look to for encouragement? Uh, journeying with people, prioritizing the table. You know, that, that hospitality theme is not a theme, it's a lifestyle. Who are we sharing our table with? Where are we going deeper in communion with others, deeper in conversation? Uh, where do we need accountability? Where do we need honesty uh, as we walk this journey? Honesty about the things that we must do, that God's put in us and on us, things that we must steward. Honesty about the things that we're struggling with and the things that we need to steer clear of. We must have those conversations. So let's do that. Um, small groups are a great place for that, or just accountability uh, twos and threes, where, where we find our kind of buddies, our partners. If you're not in a small group, I just want to encourage you to either start one or find one. And when are we talking small groups? We're not just talking about little cozy communities who, who intellectually tear apart bits of the Bible. We're talking about something that ignites this fire in us in order that we can live our lives well together in order that we can journey deeply, in order that we can make a difference in our day-to-day -day lives, and they become a place of strengthening and encouragement and, um, I guess, more fuel for the journey. Two discipleship questions. If you're short on discipleship questions, you've not been asking them recently, here are two just to start you off. At the start of the year, what is God saying to you, and what are you doing about it? If you don't ask any other discipleship questions at all, ask those two. What is God saying to you? What are you doing about it? We'll be talking lots more about going deeper as the year goes on.
wider. <laughs> Many of you know, one of the key prophetic words over us as open heaven is there will be open doors for open heavens. And one of the things that feels really important in this next season is that these doors of St. Peter's are open to those most in need. As a nation, we've been through collective trauma. I won't spell out what all of that has been. We know that. We know that people are weary. We know that the trauma has taken its toll. And as hard as the initial trauma of COVID and lockdowns and uh, all the unpredictability around that, it's often the aftermath of trauma that destroys people. In the moment of trauma, people often there's a sense of, you know, rising up and su we're going to survive. It's the aftermath. And, uh, and so we need the replenishing rhythms that Rich was talking about so that we've got deep wells of endurance to be able to replenish, get restored, and have enough reserves in us in order that we're able to take the focus then off ourselves and recognize the impact of this collective trauma on our community, particularly on those who were struggling even before COVID hit. Because uh, there's so many people who just, uh, just kind of had the stuffing taken out of them. And so we are committed in terms of wider in, in, in our community engagement. And it was interesting, reading the feedback, when we collected people's dreams and visions in that exercise, there was so much that people in this community here wrote about wanting to provide, wanting us as a church to provide safe spaces that provided support for the most vulnerable, provided things like hot, nutritious food, friendship, community, being heard, being listened to, and given hope. That just came through over and over and over again. And one of the things it made me realize is we actually need to get better at sharing what's already going on in here and, um, and to give an opportunity for people to actually get involved in some of the things. So some things were going on already, and then some things as a result of this feedback we've set up in the last couple of months. I want to let you know about specifically how this space is being really well used to create community and safety and hope. So we've got a brilliant video that was taken just before Christmas um, from uh, those who are part of our Safe Haven Cafe. So watch this. And I know it made, my, it made my heart just swell, I think. It was just, it's just brilliant what is going on. But as you'll hear from Laura, who's heading it up, there's more need for people to get involved. So watch this. This is Safe Haven every Wednesday. We have so many mums come from so many different places. This really amazing growth in community between them all is so wonderful to see. And where people are really isolated, gathering them all together in community is so, so special. And we need people to do it with. So um, we would love, love, love you if you have time and capacity come and talk to me and find out a little bit more about how you can get involved because we just really really would love to have you wouldn't we oh 
Oh, will you tell her that there was a clap at the end, John? Because honestly, Laura has really carried Safe Haven and um, it's good to honour her dedication and her love and her service. Um, so um, that might be something that you want to get involved with. Um, also, another way that we have responded to um, what's going on and uh, the clear kind of um, groundswell in this community of providing warm, safe spaces is something called Warm Welcome Spaces. You can see it there. Um, this is actually a national campaign. And um, Gordon Brown uh, kind of came up with the idea, and it's one of these things that has just spread. So I think it's something like... Um, at least half of the church buildings now in the UK um, are opening up their spaces to be warm, welcome spaces. Um, the whole thing is it's free, it's warm, there's teas and coffees, there's friendship. And um, that was actually something, those stats are from October. It's continued to explode because it became the Daily Mirror's 2022 Christmas campaign. Um, so, um, and I think we've got a slide of the actual... So if you look, I know that's very, very small, but basically that's the official website, Find a Warm Welcome Space, and that's St. Peter's. Can you see the little pin? That's us. So that means that anybody, say, who was reading the Daily Mail over Christmas and thought, that's a brilliant thing. I would like to go somewhere that's warm, that's free, that's safe, where there's going to be people who are really friendly, they're going to take an interest in me, they can just go onto the Warm Welcome website and bang, there's St. Peter's. So we open um, up this place on a Tuesday and a Thursday afternoon um, there's a team from Elim that, that are involved in the Tuesday, team from Open Heaven involved in the Thursday. That is just, uh, you know, if there are people who are freezing in our local community and they can come into like a public living room and it's comfortable and it's warm. And there's people who just have got a great big smile on their face who say, we're so glad you're here. That is, that is exactly what the church needs to be. At this time, so that's um, that's particularly Thursdays. If you again, if you want to help out with that, another way in which we've opened up our doors. Um, this again is on Thursdays. You may or may not be aware, but there are over 300 refugees living in local accommodation. And so over the last couple of months, we have had something called Open Doors on a Thursday morning with a cafe set up again, free teas and coffees. Paul is in here, table tennis is in here, and uh, Rich Cave and a small team have done a brilliant job of getting alongside a number of these guys. Even taking a bunch up to the Beacon a few weeks ago. Got a photo of that? No. No. Um, so there's, and there's clearly a call I think we have as open heaven about loving and serving refugees. We've got Baka, our friends, who are now next door. Woohoo! Um, we've got obviously many of the gifted and the passionate people who work for Baca are open heaveners and can speak multiple languages. So I think it was a few Sundays ago, um, some of the guys have been connecting with Rich and the others uh, were here, our uh, Chris Stingle, and, and, I, and I was trying to have conversations. And then Claire, unless she comes along. <laughs> talking in Arabic, and I think Steve Pennell comes along again, starts talking Arabic, and I'm the only one who can't talk in Arabic. So like, there's just something brilliant, I think, that we're just able here. We're just, we're, you know, 
there's a passion that we um, that we hold, and um, there's a there's a call of God on us as a community. And so we want to carry on and develop this particular ministry, keep building brilliant friendships, loving people, serving people, and ex- explaining the hope that we have. Then again on Thursdays, there's Thursday Club. That happens Thursday afternoons. That's uh, two until four. Sue Wild and a small team run a kind of an over 18s youth club vibe for about 15 to 20 people, many of whom Sue has connected with for a really long time. And again, it's a place to make friends, pool, table, table tennis, uno, tea and coffee are free, and everybody's welcome. And then Eden, there we go, there's a picture of Eden. So Eden is a relaxed, non-alcoholic evening cafe where people can meet up be heard, find connection and hope, and enjoy a vibrant community buzz. I think there may be even thoughts about live music and different things happening. The first time that Eden was run here, over 120 people came. Massive, and everybody loved it. So we're hoping to build on that as Eden will restart fortnightly in here on Tuesday evenings from March. So some of that is outworking the Open Doors prophecy in terms of opening up these doors. And then I would like to invite Luke up because some of the outworking of the prophetic word has been through door knocking and through seeing front doors open. Correct. So every, um, every couple of weeks, uh, every fortnight, sorry, us as a student team been going out to the Student Triangle, so literally our physical neighbours here at St. Peter's, and knocking on doors and students' doors. Um, fusion who worked with students, produced a survey, and we'd, we'd go through this survey with them, which got some great questions. Questions like, um, where and who gives you the most hope for the future? Um, out of seven, how, um, how happy would you say you are? And then there's a question that comes to the end of, like, would you come to church if a friend invited you? Um, and then I think we got a nice little graph. Facts of friends. There we go. Ness said facts of friends. This is a friendly fact. 88% of the people that we've surveyed last term said that they would come to church if a friend invited them. Which is crazy. Amazing. It sort of raises two questions. Wow. Well, two responses, really. Wow, there are so many people willing to come to church if a friend invited them. And B, it's like, where are the invites? Where are the invites? How, how are we actually getting and rubbing shoulders and meeting people and getting to know them be like... You know what, I go to church on Sunday, would you be able to come? 80% of people of our community, that's students, but I reckon that's probably, you know, that would run parallel with other demographics in our town as well. People are really open. One of the questions that we ask is, um, have you ever been told the story of Jesus personally? And off the back of that, would you like to hear it? Um, And people say yes. And we sort of (laughs) say, great, have a nice day. (laughs) And then we walk down and we're like, what the heck are we doing? People just said they want to hear the story of Jesus. So um, we've had to sort of recalibrate and get a little bit more used to being prepared when people say, yes, we'd like to know more. And being like, great, can we pop in for a cup of tea and we'll tell you. Um, and we've done that a couple of times and there's some fruit beginning to happen. So we are continuing to do some door knocking um, this, the rest of this term and, and beyond for it to become more regular. And also, when it comes to student stuff, there has been a, um, there's been a new opportunity and a potential of being able to serve thousands of students in a really practical way through well-being, community, and support that is just at the beginning stages. 
Um, but God has opened a door for that to happen. So some exciting things happening there on the student front. Brilliant. So watch this space because there's, there's potentially more exciting things on that one. So off the back of that, if 88% would say yes to an invite, we're going to be running Big Alpha starting at the end of this month, 30th of June. Uh, one of the things we actually want to do, we had a planning meeting January, 30th of January. 30th of January at 7 o'clock. Uh, we want to be purchasing Bibles and books to give away for free for those who are exploring faith. And um, this next thing, we're not going to run the video because we're a bit short on time. This next thing uh, that we would like to start is a brand new thing. And it's going to be a very practical response to the ongoing cost of living crisis. And it is a social supermarket. Now, can you read that? A social supermarket aims to create a dignified experience for anyone experiencing food security challenges by offering food and grocery products in a supermarket environment at a low cost of weekly membership. So it's different to a food parcel where you have no choice of the food that you're given. So it's much more empowering, much more dignified. And the brilliant thing with a social supermarket is that it works on a membership system. So you just pay kind of a few pounds uh, per week. And an ongoing relationship is then built up with the members of the social supermarket. So not only then are people doing a weekly shop and they're empowered, they've got the choice to choose what they want for that week's uh, you know, meals for their family, but it provides a chance for a chat and a check-in, which then can lead to the offer of all kinds of other ways that support can help to improve someone's overall situation. Because often, uh, you know, if people are struggling in terms of food security and feeding their families, there's all kinds of other things that are going on as well. So being a member of a social supermarket builds relationship, and then we're able to connect people up to maybe all other things that are happening here, like cat money courses, mental health well-being groups, maybe cooking classes, debt advice, all those kinds of things. So a social supermarket is stocked with surplus food from other supermarkets, local donations and purchased food. It reduces local food waste, saves people money every week and helps the environment. By the way, on the environment... We now have got the Bronze Award for being an eco-church, and we'll be working on getting a silver award uh, over this coming few years. Now, there are already a couple of social supermarkets in Loughborough, but the need is much greater than the current provision that's available. So if you go onto the website of the social supermarket at John Storer House, which is the next slide, you will actually see that it says, due to the high number of households that are currently being supported, there is a waiting list for assessments. And um, so they've actually temporarily halted who's able to be part of that social supermarket because the need just continues to increase. But also, particularly over the next six months, we'll be able to scope out and uh, research, maybe visit other social supermarkets and maybe see if we can fundraise towards the cost of launching a social supermarket in the autumn. 
So depending really on how much we can raise next week on Giving Sunday will shape the hours of a community engagement lead and the scope and the scale of phase one of a social supermarket. I feel really excited about this. I think it's such a practical way that we're going to be able to uh, just continue to love and serve and bless our community. And then, I'm speeding up, other ways where we're going wide as a church is through our continued digital engagement. Hello to everyone online. And so, uh, there's normally about 30 to 40 people that are watching live across OH1, OH2 on any given Sunday. Within four weeks, that normally goes up to a few hundred people. A month on month, we're increasing our followers and subscribers on our social media channels. You may not know this, but most months we're reaching about 20,000 social media accounts on our various channels. Average monthly reach, 9,365 accounts on Instagram, 8,170 accounts on Facebook, and even 1,586 accounts on TikTok. And then wider still, we're an active part of Loughborough Church's partnership. 2022 is a focused year of prayer. So the whole church of Loughborough, prayer walked the whole town of Loughborough. And this year is focused on practical action. So just a heads up, there's something called the June Project, 1st to 3rd of June, that will involve litter picking, fly tipping clearance, art projects, sports activities, fun day events, painting, decorating, and garden clearances. That's a lot on wider. And then coming into land... We've got a couple of great videos for this one, Further. There's something about Further, particularly the next generation that are emerging. Again, just reflecting on our current cultural moment, children and young people have been dramatically impacted by the last few years. And I do believe there's a specific um, enemy assault on young people, which, and you need to have spiritual eyes to see what's going on in terms of mental health and all kinds of confusion. Um, so we want to up our game around investing in the next generation. And fortunately, we've got some brilliantly positioned leaders in place with passion and vision for what God is doing. So we're going to now see a little video from Chloe and then one from Michael. Hi, Open Heaven Church. My name's Chloe, and I'm the children's work intern and also the children and family worker. Over the past year, we've loved re-establishing our children's groups and welcoming new members onto our team. A personal favourite of mine has been in a recent week where we were learning about prayer, was hearing the children's stories of their own prayer lives. And I can't wait to see more of this deepening in the next year. And that's something we want to be doing. We want to strengthen those faith foundations in the children and root their identities in Jesus so that they know that they are loved they are unique and they have a purpose. Another goal of ours is to reach out beyond our existing Open Heaven community. And this is through things like our After School Club Explode, through messy church events, through strengthening our school connections, and also by introducing activities that the Open Heaven children can come along to and invite their friends as well. In each of these areas, we want to communicate and teach about Jesus and show his love in practical ways. One of our goals is to continue nurturing our team, but also we're praying for more people who are passionate about investing in the next generation and also have a heart for children to know and love Jesus. So we want to equip children and families with tools that will strengthen their faith in each life stage. 
And for us, this is particularly looking to those who are in the later years of primary school going into secondary school. And we want them to know that as they do this transition, they have a rooted identity in Jesus that they can keep building and growing in. Brilliant. Woo! That's very good. And then another thing, just to pick up on something that Chloe said, we're particularly stepping up our support of families, particularly those who are adopting and fostering. Andrew is having great conversations and getting a clear overview of family needs across all of the families in Open Heaven and developing a strategy about how we best develop the most helpful ways of doing community, kind of wrapping families up in community that will be timely and relevant. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Michael. I lead the youth work here. Um, and I'm just here to share a little bit about what youth has been like so far in 2022 and some of our plans looking ahead to 2023. So this year has been a great year. Um, it's been really precious, been really fun. Um, we've had a lot of consistency of our youth timetable this year. So on Sundays, for example, we now do 10 a.m. pastries where the youth come every Sunday, eat some pastries together. And then it's really nice because during the gatherings, we've been able to come up every single week and do like a Bible study, which the most consistent we've had it for a long time. And now we get like 15, 20 kids every Sunday coming to church and doing a Bible study, which is great. Um, even if, even if, if they come at the start just for the food, they stay for the Bible, which is great. Us as a group, we, we've got a lot closer to each other. We've got closer to God. We've got closer, it's just a whole family. Um, and that's been expressed through our 10 a.m. pastries, through our Sunday morning Bible studies, and just through the games that's and different topics we've covered on a Tuesday, which has been really great. Um, some of my favorite parts of the year so far, in summer we went, we went, to, we went to DTI, which is the first like, big camp we've been on since 2019. And that was so great, just we took like 15 kids away, um, a few of them gave life to Jesus for the first time, a few of them made the decision that day that they want to get baptised in the future, and just doing life together, being like camping in the field with each other for five days, you get, you get a lot closer, you have really good conversations, and that was a bit of a highlight for all of us this year. And then also some of the town wide youth stuff that we've been doing this term, and this year has been really great, um, we've been putting on youth events with youth leaders from Elam with Emmanuel, with Kings, with New Life, with loads of churches around town um, where we've all come together, all of our youth from different churches, just to worship Jesus together, to have fun together. And that was kind of summed up in our away day in October where we had about six youth from different churches all coming together. We went laser quest, we did some stuff around town, we did some seminars, Bible studies, and it was just a really great time. I think really encouraging for the youth to see that they're not the only ones just in their own little, in their own little youth group. Actually, there's loads of other youth around town um, who love Jesus as well. So in 2023, there's lots that we're hoping and praying for as a youth team. Um, one, one of the key things is how do we reach the youth of Loughborough? Um, that's not just the friends of our current youth, but also the youth that don't know Jesus yet, um, that, just hang, that, that are in town and go to all the different schools around. Um, so one of the key things we're, we're planning on doing is, with all the town-wide events that we've been doing, we're hoping to host at the end of summer a big old youth summer mission outreach event which is really fun, really accessible for just a bunch of young people to come along to. Um, so please, do be, please be praying into that. Um, we're hoping that that could be a really good chance for just the teenagers to see what it looks like to be a young person in church and actually how for us to really outwork that open door that we've been trying to do as a church. Um, another thing that we're really hoping for is just to help the youth grow in their own personal walk with Christ. Um, that looks like helping them understand like how, 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 how to pray, how to read the Bible, um, creating opportunities for them to encounter the Holy Spirit, doing more worship nights and just create, basically creating as much space as we can for their own faith to grow as well. Um, and also creating more space for them to lead, to, to lead things. Sorry, I spoke a lot, I do apologise, I've given you a lot of... I get too excited, that's why I want to talk about you, I just get all giddy.
that, Michael didn't mention there's also going to be a youth alpha that's going to be running February, March. We are going to be supporting students transitioning into the workplaces, supporting workers transitioning into retirement. And if that wasn't enough, we've got some key milestones in 2023. This year, we are, we're jumping out of slide 34, 30 years of Open Heaven Church. And 10 years of St. Peter's. So we are provisionally booked a date, mark it in your diaries, Saturday, June 17th, for a great big party. So there's much going on and much we hope to do this coming year. Three goals, deeper, wider, further. As the shaking continues, we must go deeper in our devotion to Christ. We must go wider and meet the needs of our community, and we must go further and invest in the next generation. So next Sunday is Giving Sunday. There are envelopes on your chairs to take away. A letter will be emailed to everyone this week with a breakdown of our predicted income, expenditure on plan A, and the gap we need to raise. We are, of course, very aware of the current economic climate we're in, and many churches and charities are bracing themselves for a decrease in income. And yet, and yet, just yesterday, I heard that during the Great Depression of the 1920s, the church's giving went up by 30% to meet the needs of the society at that time. So we want to hold this balance of being realistic and yet faith-filled. So do take the giving envelopes away and do ask God how much you can contribute. Some of you maybe are here, you're part of Open Heaven, but perhaps you don't yet give regularly. Maybe you've moved to Loughborough in the last year or made Open Heaven your spiritual home in the last year. Or maybe you've just started your first job after graduating. If you are someone who considers this to be your spiritual home, would you consider giving regularly by standing order? It really helps us just very practically to be able to plan with some accuracy as to what we'll be having coming in. Perhaps you do already give, but maybe you've had some inheritance or your salary has increased and you're able just to give a corresponding increase in your current standing order. Or maybe you're able to come next Sunday with a one-off gift that you can put into us being able to plug that gap that we've got and do all the things that we're dreaming of doing. So that's the kind of the, the giving part. The other thing that we do give of is, of course, ourselves, our time, our energy, our hands, our feet, our smile, our time. And so um, we have got a slide with a QR code on it and all the things we've talked about, going back to, you know, Safe Haven Cafe, Laura putting that plea out. If there's anybody, perhaps, who could possibly give a bit of time to help, to warm welcome spaces, to open doors with refugees, um, to Big Alpha. We need lots of help with Big Alpha. You know, all the stuff that's going on, that QR code, if you, go, if you put your phone on it, It'll take you to a link, and you can just register an interest. Children's work, Chloe put the plea out. Youth work, you can just register an interest. It does not mean you're committing to those projects or events or ministries. It just means you're interested and you'd like to find out more. And the person who's responsible for that project or that ministry will just email you, and you can find out more. So 
that's one way to respond. And um, then the second is come prepared to give generously, hilariously, <laughs> cheerfully next week. <laughs>